following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into the MSP North podcast covering high school sports all across Robertson and Montgomery counties. Now, here are your hosts, Blaine Keller and Brady McAtamney. Welcome back up north to the MSP North podcast, everybody. We took a couple weeks off as we pivoted from basketball season to spring sports season, but we are back ready to talk all things baseball, soccer, softball, maybe a little track and field, some tennis in there. Uh, Blaine, how are you doing today? It feels good to be back. I mean, it's been a crazy couple of weeks with basketball state tournaments and trying to get into the swing of things spring sports but i'm glad that we're back here to talk about it yeah absolutely it is a uh, it's definitely a busy pivot Def- definitely tough to kind of get readjusted but we're here and we could not be happier for it our first guest of the uh official spring sports season we've had a, a baseball coach uh some baseball people here before but uh our first guest of as we become a full-time spring sports podcast for for the time being is uh, dustin smith head coach of the Clarksville Academy Cougars. Uh, the Cougars are off to a pretty strong start. Um, had a little bit of a rocky series just recently, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Dustin, how you doing? Doing fine. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, I wanted to make sure, first off, we talk about uh, thank you for all you guys do for high school sports to keep the city and the, and the county um, up to date on things that are going on. Of course, man. That is our, that is our pleasure. Um, so let's talk about, uh, real quick, um, you guys got off to a really strong start this season, beating teams like Station Camp, uh, Henry County, um, some other pretty good teams, Springfield, I believe. Um, what are some of the strengths of the team that allowed you guys to get off to such a strong start? You know, the, big, the biggest strength for us is, is our athleticism. We've got, we've got a lot of guys that can really run and a lot of guys that can put a lot of pressure on defenses and, and, and things of that nature, but um, we really bought in. You know, we didn't get our basketball guys so late because the basketball team made a, made a late run, and three or four of those basketball guys are key key um, players for us. But when we got those guys back, they jumped in quickly and, and kind of bonded together as a group, and we challenged them to uh, that we're going to get everybody's best, you know, every time out because we made it pretty far last year as well. So they've kind of rose to that challenge and started off really well. And, Coach, when you have a good run like you did last year, you made it pretty far before bowing out to CPA, I believe, and you've got guys back from that team that are bought in this year. I'll ask, you know, in, in late March, what, what's the ceiling for this team? You know, the, the ceiling is as far as they want to go. You know, we talked about it a little bit, like you guys mentioned there at the top. We, we took one on the chin. We actually took two on the chin, the good patcher this week, which is a really good ball club, but um, we, we talk about, you know, if, if we're going to be a championship team, we've got to have championship effort night in and night out. I don't feel like we had a championship effort the last two nights. And, you know, when you're, when you're talented and you know you're talented, it's sometimes a challenge to step up to the plate uh, every night, you know, and you have to do that this game. I told the guys, you know, football plays once every, every week, every Friday night, and we're pretty much playing every night of the week. So we, we have to show up every night and, and we're going to get everybody's best, but we have to put our best on the, on the floor, on the, on the field every night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned uh, that multi-sport athlete. You had some basketball guys, um, Paris Pridgen, 
uh, Jack Wyatt, DJ Merriweather, guys who start for you guys. Um, you, you, the team is really full of multi-sport athletes. Um, you know, Cooper Wallace, of course, comes to mind. He was the quarterback for the football team in the fall. Usually a basketball guy. I didn't play this season. But um, how does having so many multi-sport athletes help you guys? You know, at our school, with the smaller numbers, we have to have those. But, um, you know, it's a well-rounded athlete. And that's what we talk about from 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 um, day one is just be well-rounded. You know, be able to do everything well you know we may not be perfect or great at everything but if we can do everything pretty good or everything um the way that we want them to do it you know they have a good shot and, and you know coach hickman with their basketball program making a late run you know those guys got a lot of a lot of adversity there seeing the state tournament you know and kind of learning some things from that and then coach murray coming in and, and getting the football program going in the right direction as well it's just, it's just made our guys you know want to be winners and want to feel that that um that luxury of being a winner, and, and we just we just hope that we can continue that here in the baseball season. And Brady mentioned Paris, a guy who really came on as a, a nice wide receiver for the football team and then held his keep with the basketball club, but obviously he's headed to Austin P for baseball at the end of his senior season. I'm curious, during your time as a player at Austin P, if you had any influence on him making that decision to go to the Governors? You know, that, that, that's where I play. You know, we, we talked a little bit with Paris. You know, Paris is a really quiet kid. If you guys ever interviewed him or spoke to him before, he, he doesn't really put his feelings out there a lot. He doesn't show a lot of emotion on the field. But we, we, we talked about what, what do you want to do, Paris? You know, because he's got some looks in football and, and uh, had, some, had some things. And he said, you know, I really want to play baseball and I would like to stay closer to home, you know. And Coach Jansen has reached out a few times. And, you know, Coach Peterson, who's our assistant coach and athletic director, is also an awesome team graduate and we both just kind of sit him down and said hey is this, is this what you want and you know he said yeah and, and you know it's kind of easy for us to, to sell the program to him being being a local kid and wanting to play baseball at the next level so it was it was pretty simple you know and athletically he, he's very gifted and talented so it was easy sell for Austin P as well. Yeah it doesn't get closer to Clarksville Academy than Austin P right quite literally across <laughs> the street um uh, along with Paris, are there any other guys uh, on the team this year who are uh, getting some college looks? You know, there's, we have multiple guys that will play at the next level. Um, the, the thing is, Paris is our only senior. Um, everybody was sophomores last year when we made our run, so, so they're still getting their feet wet. And we tell the guys, you know, the junior summer is, is kind of the most important for, for college to see you, so they need to get into a good program this summer and, and get some, get into some good tournaments and stuff. But yeah, you know, DJ is, DJ's got a really good shot. He's hitting the ball really well starting off. You know, he's, he's a little undersized as far as height goes for a first baseman, but he has the power that they look for at first base. Um, you know, some, some guys have contacted us about Max Castle on the mound. You know, he's been, he's been very solid for us. I really see Cooper Wallace. You mentioned him earlier about the, the quarterback, but his athleticism and his baseball skills are really blossoming. And I think he's got a, a good shot at it. And, um, you know, there's a few others. Jock Wyatt, you know, when he steps off the bus, everybody sees a six-five kid that's super athletic and can do a lot of things right too. And, and we actually had some pro some pro information on him last year when he we played against Innsworth and they had a center fielder that was supposed to be a, a high draft pick. You know, and Josh really uh, Josh really had a good game against them. And the next thing you know, we got a, the Minnesota Twins scout coming to practice to watch him take some batting practice. So uh, there's a lot a lot of a lot of guys that are fun to coach and, and give us an opportunity. So that, that's gonna be fun. 
Is that something you're used to, having a pro scout at a Clarksville Academy practice? Uh, that was the first time. Um, we, well, I take that back. We had Sean Scott who's pitching at the University of Tennessee, but he just had Tommy John surgery, and we had a couple guys come in to watch him throw. Um, but it doesn't happen very often. So it, it's a, it's actually kind of intimidating for a, you know, Jock was 15 years old last year, you know, so he's trying to do things a little bit different than he normally would to impress somebody, you know, instead of just being himself. But, but uh, no, it's, it's definitely a, definitely a different situation. Well, Minnesota Twins, that's a that's a division rival of uh, the team that you were drafted by, my uh, Detroit Tigers. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so so you guys just played a series against uh, Good Pasture, a team that's ranked, I believe, number one in the uh, in the Tennessee baseball polls for Division 2A. Um, didn't go so great for you guys, but I imagine you'll see them again. Um, what do you think you guys need to do better in order to beat Good Pasture? I thought our effort wasn't very good, and that was the, that was the thing. You know, we like you mentioned earlier, we've won every game. We really hadn't had a close game coming into Good Pasture. We told the guys, you know, Good Pasture's solid. They're uh, like you said, they're ranked number one. They've got a lot of commit. Um, they play the game the right way, and they kind of set the standard for our district the past couple of years. You know, last year they got upset early in the in the playoffs, and and we ended up getting a little bit farther than they did. But we knew coming in that they were going to give us everything that that we. Had and we got off to a rocky start. Um, made a couple errors in the first inning, gave, gave up some runs, and I, I think you know it just kind of snowballed from there. And, and we got to a point where it got out of hand a little bit early in game two. Game one was close all the way to the end, we just couldn't score. A missing for them, he's going to Trevecca. He did a really good job keeping us off balance and stuff. But basically, game two, you know, we knew that we had to come out well, and, and we were up one nothing, and then we gave up a spot in the bottom of the first off a few errors and next thing you know I felt like you know we just kind of deflated and and their momentum carried them throughout the rest of the game well coach I want to ask you this we talked about you being at Austin P and you getting the opportunity to get drafted by the Tigers but you know you you've been involved with baseball as a player and as a coach for over 20 years in Clarksville you know not only at Clarksville Academy but as a coach and a player at Northeast and as I mentioned you know a player at Austin P. When you look at high school baseball in Clarksville this year, how do you kind of see the landscape as opposed to other years as a player or a coach? You know, it's, it's right up there at the top with, with, with what it's been. You know, we, we've had some guys, you know, the one that comes to mind, of course, is Donnie Everett over at Clarksville High. Um, it's probably, probably arguably the best high school player that I've seen in those, in those years that I've been here. But you know, um, there's a lot of solid programs and a lot of solid players, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with with uh, good high school coaches. You know, that there's a lot of good high school coaches in Clarksville right now that are really pushing these guys to do well and um, giving them the um, the things that they need to, to to reach the next level. And then, of course, the kids and the parents have to buy in, and I think they are right now. You know, there's, there's always a couple guys, you know, here and there, and I, I tell guys all the time I've coached, high school baseball now for 18 years and I think you know seven or eight division one players total you know out of if there's 30 guys on every team that you coach you know for 20 years that's 600 players and you got seven you know so it takes a special kid to have a chance to play at that level and I feel like right now in this city there's four or five you know in in one year so that's a, that's a pretty special year absolutely well um 
The Huxville Academy Cougars, we're definitely keeping an eye on them as they look to get pretty far in uh, this year's uh, state tournament. Uh, this is definitely a team that has a chance. Uh, Dustin, thank you so much for joining us today. It was uh, awesome to talk to you, and uh, best of luck rest of the week and going forward. Really appreciate it. Like I said, thank you guys for what you do, and we look forward to seeing you guys out again. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, you know, just an interesting thing. Brady, I didn't know that he was drafted by the Tigers. I was trying to scramble together some stuff last night. I, I knew that he had coached at Northeast for a while. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you have a guy that is so involved with Clarksville baseball. And, you know, just not only that, but you think about athletics in Clarksville, sometimes coaches don't stick around for half of that, yeah. you know, in any sport in this town. Yeah, this is definitely a guy that is is great for the city to have, um, great for Clarksville Academy to have, you know, a guy who's who's played um, at all levels. I'm not sure he – I don't think he got to the MLB, but, I mean, still having that pro experience is, is just huge, playing around some some big-time names, guys who did get to the MLB, um, and obviously that college experience so close to home, um, helping guys like Paris Pridgen make that decision, getting into uh, Austin P. It's definitely definitely a great guy to have. Yeah, and you know what? Let's go ahead and go from from one historic storied coach uh, to another almost in in Robertson County. Uh, The MSP North Podcast now welcomes in Springfield softball coach Daniel Owsley. Coach Owsley, how are we doing today? Doing great. Well, Coach, I'd have to say uh, starting off here, you know, last night couldn't have been a better start for you guys in district play. Uh, 16-0 in the district opener against Northeast and a four-inning perfect game from what I heard from Kendall Head. Uh, talk to me about that game last night oh. and just getting off to the right foot this season. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great game. Uh, Kendall threw well. Uh, main thing, you know, when you get your bats going, it makes it a little easier. Girls hit the ball well. Uh, Sarah Nicholson, I mean, she went yard for us last night. Uh, so, you know, we got up, jumped up eight to nothing. And uh, Kendall went out to the mound and just shut him out. It was it was a beautiful game. Yeah, last year you guys made um, really a late run after not winning the regular season district or the district tournament, going on to win the region tournament. Um, do you think that you guys will have a chance at possibly recreating or even um, succeeding, getting past that kind of success from last year? Uh, I think so. I mean, the team is there. It, it, it's uh, primarily the same team it was last year. Uh, we're very capable of that. Uh, you know, we, we have an acronym on our wall in our hit facility that uh, states one, two, one, two, one equals eight, which means you got to be first or second of district, first and second of region. you got to win your sub-state game, and you're the final eight teams in the state. Well, Coach, you're you're hitting your stride, you know, early in the season here in mid to late March, uh, 10-3 and three now and riding a five-game winning streak. What have your girls been doing especially well at this part of the year? Uh, defense has been lights out. Uh, I mean, we, we have struggled a little bit with the bats early. Uh, we finally kind of got them going the last three or four games, and, uh, you know, we beat uh, uh, Gallatin 9-1 uh, as a great hitting game. Uh, and then, you know, Briaz Mundy, uh, Trevecca Siney, I mean, she has uh, uh, just been pitching a, a phenomenal season, I mean, just so far. I mean, she has been super tough on the mound. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, we play solid D, and uh, we, we just have to be able to hit the ball when we need to hit the ball. 
Yeah, you mentioned Bria's Mondi. She's got an ERA uh, sub one so far through her first couple starts, eight <laughs> of them, I believe. Um, just how good has she been this year, following up from a season last year where she was also really good? Yeah, she is. Uh, she's just methodical at what she does. I mean, she uh, she has her, her routines, her plan, and uh, she just she's one of those kids when you put them on the mound that nothing seems to fight her. Uh, umpire can call a you know a ball that looks like a strike, and she just makes her better. The later she gets in the game, the tougher she gets. Coach, where does she rank in your all-time players? I, I know that I mean we've mentioned how good she was last year, but it's really been the last three years and one axe because of COVID that she's been lights out every year. Yeah, yeah, I, she is. She has by far been in my tenure at Springfield the best pitcher we've had uh we've had several good pitchers solid pitchers that won a lot of ball games for us but like i said she came in as a a freshman uh helped lead the team to state in 19 uh, uh hitting 18 home runs as a freshman uh and just you know pitching i think she had somewhere around 125 k's that year uh she is encroaching on the 500 mark in three and a half seasons uh, or three in a piece of season. I guess we played six games that COVID year, but uh, she's encroaching in on that 500 mark. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Uh, what what do you see in her future? As uh, you know, she obviously um, is a uh, is, is a senior this year. Uh, what do you see from her uh, future after her time at Springfield? Well, she she is like I said, her work ethic is just uh, out out of this world. I mean, she is, she's going to go to Trebekah, uh, and she is going to be joined by her teammate, Sarah Nicholson. And she is just, both of those girls are going to be big contributors at Trebekah. And coach, I wanted to ask you, we talked a little bit earlier when Sarah and Bree had their signings. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this new district this year? You still have to play Clarksville and you still have to go through that, but Obviously, with the new classifications, how, how have you kind of taken it as a coach? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think the, uh, you know, the last year we had to play 16 district games. Um, this year we only have eight. Uh, so we're getting to play a lot of other teams that are uh, uh, good caliber. We're, we're tuning up. I mean, we beat Green Hills the other day with our green, excuse me, green Hill. Uh, a lot of buzz around them this year. We beat them four to one. Uh, you know, we've played some good teams and uh, took some of them out. Uh, I mean, we lost two games in goal, uh, and we dropped one in uh, at the Wilson County this weekend. Uh, but uh, overall, our performance has been good. I mean, it's it's going to be a battle in the district. Uh, Rossi's a little, uh, you know, pretty good this year. Uh, Clarksville's always Clarksville. They're going to be tough. Uh, main thing, we just got to hit the ball. You can't win with zero. That is a, a good point. Definitely going to be a, a, a tough district and one we uh, cannot wait to see unfold. Um, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate it, and best of luck going forward this season. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I think he put it best, Coach Asley said, you, you can't win with zeros on the board. And I, I think, you know, especially in a, a district like that, a very tough district, I mean, even like he said, you know, Rossi's a little bit improved, but – Clarksville and Springfield are the two top dogs almost any year you split it in that district.
Yeah, they played, I think, like five or six times last year. Um, Ross, or I'm sorry, Springfield won one time and it was the region championship. So, um, you know, like they, they can battle as much as they want. Uh, it's all about winning at the right time. And they definitely did that last year and definitely going to be a really tough out this year for any of those teams in that district. Um, now, Blaine, what do you say we pivot over? Uh, we, we're bringing back our one thing segment from the basketball season. Um, definitely a favorite segment of ours. And now since we have three sports to talk about instead of just boys and girls basketball, um, that gives us a lot more to talk about. Um, well, I say three sports. I actually have a, a tennis player that I want to talk about and a wrestler today. So that's we have a lot more sports. I should, I'll say that to talk about this time. Um, Blaine, why don't you uh, start us off? Sure. So we'll talk about Joe Burns baseball to start off. I think really the surprise to me uh, to start this season, they were 15 and 12 last year and through their first seven games, they're five and two, a really surprising start for them. And it it doesn't seem like, you know, when you look at a team, I think maybe if you look at Northeast, for example, in your region, you'd look at Primusing and you'd say, that's a really good pitcher. They have a really good pitcher on their team. Mm -hmm. Joe Burns doesn't really have a good pitcher or, Maybe even a said good player. I think Taylor Head's probably their best guy, but they're just playing really good team ball right now. And I think that kind of showed this week with a, a split series against Greenbrier. They came back from down 4 nothing in the first inning. They seem like a pretty strong team, and I think that's going to help their chances not only in the district and the region. It's weird with their classification because they only have three teams in their district. So they'll play East Robertson and Trousdale County in three-game sets. And that will decide the district regular season. So you play six, you know, if I have this right, you play six regular season district games and then you go to the tournament, which, you know, I I guess I don't know if they like that or not, but if you're John Mark Hendricks with Joe Burns baseball, you have to like a five to two start. Oh, definitely. Um, It's funny you say tournament. Not much of a tournament when you really have three teams. So that's going to be interesting. I think they do one round. Because the, the champion, I guess, are going to buy into the championship. Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see how else you could do it. Well, um, well, Daniel gave me a pretty good pivot into talking about one of my uh, one of my f- things, I guess you could say, um, is he mentioned Rossview is pretty good this year. They're improved. Um, I got a chance to see them yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday, so I got to see them on Tuesday. They beat West Creek 15-0. to zero. Um, It was my second time seeing West Creek. They're not a bad team, you know. Um, there, there are some sports where West Creek can be considered bad. Um, but, you know, they've, they've definitely got some some good programs. And I think their softball program is on the up and up. But Rossby went out and beat them 15 nothing. So um, Rossby was just hitting the heck out of the ball. Um, West Creek had a couple errors. I think they had three errors. But out of, like, I don't even know how many balls put in play. Like, maybe <sighs> – 25 balls put in play or something. That's not a terrible, you know, um, it's not necessarily a horrible defensive performance. Um, so uh, Rossview's defense uh, was also very good. They made every, every play that came to them. Uh, Lawrence Snyder, a very good pitcher who had a great game for them on the mound. They were just hitting the heck out of the ball. Um, this is a team that, of course, they're going to have to compete with Springfield and Clarksville. Um, but I think they're definitely going to have a chance to, you know, maybe surprise those teams this year. Well, I, I read that story that you wrote last night on Rossview Softball, and what stuck out to me was their new head coach said he's the sixth head coach in seven years. Is that right? 
Yeah, they have not had any kind of stability there whatsoever. And they have some pretty good players and a lot of young players. Like, I was looking through their roster yesterday as I was going through photo captions, looking on max preps, and it seemed like every, almost every other player I was going through and putting their name in, underneath their name, it said they were like a freshman or a sophomore in the starting lineup. So uh, this is a team that definitely, if, if they don't make a ton of noise this year, they definitely, as, as long as they can keep um, Marcus, their new head coach, around, um, I think they definitely have a chance to become a really, really good team. Well, uh, let's transition from the game that you were at last night to the game that I was at on Tuesday. Uh, White House Heritage Soccer, a slow start to the year, but some cardiac Patriots against uh, Good Pasture on Tuesday. In the first 10 minutes, it was 2 nothing Good Pasture, two really fast scores by the Cougars, and it looked like it was kind of out of hand after that, but Good Pasture could not gain any possession after that. White House Heritage dominated the time of possession and came back 3-2. I believe it was a goal in the 70th minute uh, that, that won that one. KT Udom had two goals, and it looked like – a night and day difference for a team that started the year 0-3 and 1. The good Pastures are a pretty good team for the private district sectors, and I think White House Heritage really showed what they could be in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I just talked about Rossview softball. I want to transition real quick to their wrestling team uh, and give a big congratulations to Sammy Shires, who after three years, Russell actually did a great story on this. After three years of coming in second place in the state tournament uh, wrestling, um, he finally won state this year. And not only did he do that, he just became a uh, the second boys wrestling All-American to uh, come out of Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, he placed, uh, I believe, second or – no, he played, placed seventh in All-American – uh, in the uh, in the national tournament in Virginia Beach, uh, he beat some state tournaments from other states. I believe Georgia, Massachusetts, uh, some others where he was beating you know the the best of the best. He went six and two, I believe, against national competition, earning that All American status. Uh, so definitely a big shout out and congratulations to Sammy Shires. Well, definitely. Let's I'll, I'll kind of go rapid fire here and talk about one All American to another, just in a spot you wouldn't expect. Brady, do you know where Christian Community School is? Uh, Just saying. I'm guessing in some kind of community, <laughs> a Christian community perhaps. It's it's a homeschool, uh, TSIAA school. I'll give some context here. And they have about 100 students at the high school level. So okay. imagine my surprise when Ashton Alston, a right-handed pitcher from Gallatin, who's ranked as the number five sophomore in the state and a top 100 prospect nationally by perfect game, transfers to this school this month in March and is going to pitch this season and next season. He's going to pitch Thursday, I believe, at Westmoreland. And if I heard correctly from CCS coach Sean Oakley, there will be some pro scouts in attendance. So this might be the only situation I've ever heard of a you know nationally ranked top 100 prospect not being at a TSSAA school, being at a very small homeschooled Christian private you know church school. That is something you said. He transferred from Gallatin. Yeah, so I mean that's a, that's a serious program going. He was from... actually expected to be Gallatin's ace this year, if I if I heard correctly from Perfect Game. Wow. They they expected him to be the top guy, and you know he, him and his family just decided to make the move. Yeah, you do not see that often. So um, that's definitely a cool story. Um, 
But uh, wow, yeah, that's definitely surprising. Christian Community School, huh? They'll, I guess they'll, they'll get some attention this year now that they've got a a, a big time prospect. Right. Um, looking at the uh, tennis courts. Um, I know this, I, this is the uh, first time we're talking about tennis here on the podcast. Uh, Clarksville Academy's Aiden Kujawa. Uh, she is one of the top tennis players in the state. She, um, I believe it's undefeated this year. She's, um, they just played a really good Franklin Road Academy uh, tennis squad. Um, and I believe she was the only player uh, on Clarksville Academy's team to get wins. She's recorded golden matches uh, where she doesn't surrender a point to the opposing player at all um she's just an incredible player she has uh been dominating this year for clarksville academy really at times putting that team on her back of course tennis not necessarily a sport where one person can win an entire match for the team um but she you can pretty much then count on her to get her match uh won and she has been doing that for the cougars i'll say former uh msp freelancer alex allard will be very excited that we were talking about some women's tennis on the podcast today he absolutely is. I didn't expect an Alex Allard reference on the podcast today, but Alex, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Um, he's graduating soon, so exciting stuff for him. Um, and uh, my last one thing I want to talk about is uh, Clarksville baseball. Um, they actually just recently lost the game to Northeast for the first time, get this, since 2016. So, and this is a team that they play every year, at least twice. And, uh, for the first time in, in years, they dropped a game to them. You mentioned Evan Primacing earlier. Uh, he pitched a great game for them, hit a two-run triple. I'm going to talk more about him uh, in, in, a, in our next segment. But um, this is a Clarksville team that is just incredibly young. Every single one of their starters in the, uh, in the lineup from last year graduated. And that includes guys like Kyle McGrand, who is now at Vanderbilt, um, Nathan Barksdale and Garrison Goins, who are at Austin P. So that's those are some major, major players that they have graduated. So a very young team as far as experience goes this year. Of course, um, Brody Lanham is the guy this year. He's their ace pitcher, um, and he's been really good. He's actually their cleanup hitter this year too. I didn't know he could hit, but apparently he hit a home run at, at one point this season. So, um, you know, maybe that's another thing he can do for Austin P. Uh, the governor's commit um, is uh, apparently – Pretty, pretty handy with a bat as well. Um, but they just are a very young team this year. Uh, it's going to be interesting because Clarksville, of course, is a team that everyone expects to be competing at least for a uh, district and region title. So um, seeing what they're able to do, um, I'm definitely, definitely curious to see uh, how far they can get. I watched Clarksville maybe a handful of times, especially postseason play for baseball last year. I don't think I saw Brody Lanham hit once. That, no, I don't think so I don't think he hit at all last year. No, and so he goes from basically having a DH every time uh, last year to being their cleanup hitter. And uh, I think he's DHing when he's not uh, pitching now. So definitely protecting his arm. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a guy that apparently they they need in the lineup just because you know they just don't necessarily have a ton of guys um, for uh, for this really young squad. That senior leadership is probably really important too. I mean, even if he's not the the top, you know, he's obviously batting cleanup, so he does have some pop in his bat. But mm-hmm. you know, just having a senior in such a youthful lineup, I'm sure provides some sort of boost. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, Brody's he's he's a quiet kid. I've interviewed him a couple of times, and 
Uh, definitely one of those kids that it can be hard to, to get quotes out of because, um, you know, these are kids after all. But, uh, yeah, definitely good to have a senior that, you know, kids can look toward. Well, Brady, let's transition from our one thing to our games of the week. Uh, I'm not sure what, what, what we'll have in store. You know, there's so many things to, to pick from. Um, but but I'll, I'll go ahead and say uh, I'll pick a Springfield and East Robertson baseball. They've got a weekend series on Friday and Saturday. And you're talking about two teams here who are really trying to find themselves early in the year. We mentioned that Clarksville Academy kind of handed it to Springfield a couple of times earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. I believe the Jackets sit at four and three now after a split series with Rossview. But East Robertson, a team that reached the state tournament last year and won the Class A championship, now sitting at four and four. They've got another youthful roster. So I think that one, not only for the competition that it may bring, but also what may serve as a turning point for one of those two teams. One of those teams, I feel like, will be able to turn it on this weekend and find themselves after some what I believe to be some great competition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are two games that I'm really looking at uh, for uh, this coming week. Uh, one of them for Thursday, uh, Rossview and Clarksville uh, playing a softball game. Uh, you know, it's always great when those two schools can meet up. Um, I haven't seen Clarksville softball yet. That's another team who lost a lot of talent from last year's team, um, but has still been looking really good. They got three college players, including Emberly Nichols, who is a Austin P softball commit. Um, of course, Austin P softball is uh, having a really good season this year, so she'll be joining a real good team. Um, and uh, Rossview, kind of an upstart team, like I mentioned. So it's going to be really interesting to see who can come out on top of that one. I believe it is at CHS, so that gives them a little home field advantage. But, of course, those rivalries always fun. Not necessarily as fierce as in uh, football or uh, boys basketball when you have people getting after each other in the stands and everything. Uh, not fighting, but definitely more hostility. You know, there's a bit more of that, you know, kind of mutual respect when you are in softball or volleyball sports like those but uh it's gonna be really good of course always a fun rivalry matchup um and then i'm also looking uh at i believe it was tuesday i believe i got my schedule up right here um yeah tuesday northeast and rossview soccer are playing on tuesday uh rossview is three and oh in soccer so far this year northeast of course was uh close to getting to state last year graduated a lot of really good players but still a a team that has that level of pedigree to them, so definitely looking forward to that one as well. It's a rematch of last year's district championship between Northeast and Rossview, but I will say this about softball quickly. You mentioned the talent that Clarksville lost and to tie it together with Austin Peay softball. Aaron Lackey hits the go-ahead and walk-off single uh, for Murray State against Austin Peay yesterday. Did she? Yes, so definitely got some some revenge against the team that did not – pick her up or maybe she didn't I don't know the recruitment process there I think you wrote a story on her but yeah one of one of the multiple D1 players they had of course uh Sydney Weatherford another one who went to Evansville I think Austin P baseball just played Evansville if I if I remember right um yeah so I mean yeah definitely a lot of talent lost there including Aaron Lackey who's playing her freshman year D1 hitting walk-off uh singles against her hometown school that's got to feel good. I mean, you know, you think about certain moments in a player's career. And I mean, even, you know, like you mentioned, Austin P is a good softball team this year and really battling, you know, maybe a slower start than expected in Ohio Valley Conference play. But, you know, it's got to feel good to hit hit a walk-off against a team that's right down the road. 
Absolutely. So, um, so for our final segment of the day, uh, we're kind of adjusting our player of the week segment. Um, it's still going to be the POTW, I guess you could say, if you want to go with an acronym, um, but it's going to be performance of the week this week, or uh, I'm sorry, this, this season. Um, well, this week too, but, uh, because there are so many sports going on right now and so many teams, you know, especially looking at baseball and softball, they, those teams are playing upwards of five games a week. It's going to be hard to find a player of the week, compiling all those stats into finding just one top player. So we're going to be looking at single performances, seeing uh, who had a great game, um, who had a game that w- was worth shouting out here. Um, of course, it's going to be hard to narrow that down to one or two, um, but we're, it's definitely going to be uh, – definitely going to be a little bit easier and uh, make it so we can have kind of a a more broad choice. You know, that way we're not picking maybe one or two of the same people each week. So um, Blaine, want to give us our uh, first ever performance of the week? Sure. Let's start with a hat tip to Tommy Bryan for letting me know about this one. Laura Walker, junior Greenbrier pitcher, tossed a five inning no hitter in a 2-0 win against Watertown on Sunday or Saturday, I believe, in the Wilson County Invitational Tournament. She struck out eight and helped the Lady Cats move to five and five on the season. She's definitely one of those pieces that pitched in the state tournament last year and has that experience for Greenbrier, and that's something that they'll need if they want to return. So great performance from Laura. I'm not sure the last time Greenbrier threw a, new, a no-hitter, but it was a pretty big deal at the time. Absolutely, yeah. No-hitters, always so much fun just to cover. I believe I've covered maybe one, maybe two of those, and they're always a, a super exciting. Um uh, I want to look at uh, the baseball diamond. I mentioned Evan Primacing uh, earlier. Uh, he threw a gem against Clarksville High at Vanderbilt. Now, he is a senior, um, and it was at Vanderbilt. I'm not sure he's necessarily that Vanderbilt-level caliber player. But, I mean, I got to assume they had to have at least seen him. So that's definitely very cool for him. He threw uh, allowed two earned runs in that game against CHS, a team that was in the state tournament last year. He also hit a two um, a two run triple to put his team ahead after pitching such a great game he uh and then went back out there and, and got the win so um, very very impressive performance by Evan Primacing. Brady what was your favorite part about going to the Hawk I've never been so I gotta know what your favorite part was yeah I mean that was my first time there it was an absolutely beautiful field um man that press box that's a heck of a view up there and they got nice comfortable seats uh, that might have that might have been my favorite part. You know, good good clear broad windows. You know, sometimes press boxes um, have kind of smaller windows. It can be harder to see. Sometimes you got like a beam in your way, blocking off maybe one part of the outfield or something like that. But Vanderbilt, man, I mean, it was just perfect. D- didn't uh, you weren't you weren't missing anything with that view. Um, so I, that might have been my favorite part. Well, let's move from uh, the hawk to. The head. Let's go. Uh, my boy's performance of the week goes to uh, Taylor Head. I mentioned him earlier for Joe Burns. A complete game win. I mentioned that he allowed four runs, but only one of those was earned. So uh, a one-run complete game with six strikeouts. He had a rough first inning, but he really rebounded after that. The kid can hit really well. The kid can pitch really well. He's a really talented junior, and I'm really excited to see what else else he does this yeah i mean uh it it takes toughness to get that uh four spot put up on you in the first uh i almost said first quarter still transitioning into spring spring sports in the first inning and come back and not allow another run and hit well too um so that that definitely takes mental toughness 
Um, had it, looking at the uh, soccer pitch, I uh, was able to get to the uh, Northwest versus West Creek soccer game last week, and Northwest Josh Palmer scored a hat trick in that game. Uh, so definitely worthy of getting performance of the week. Uh, Northwest won that game for nothing. It was a chilly night, and um, you know playing through that cold to uh, score a hat trick definitely very impressive uh, for a Northwest team that is uh, looking like they could be pretty solid this year. Yeah, and just to kind of close on that, you know. You wrote a story about Northwest and how they're trying to mimic the girls' success this season. I thought that was a really good story with the same coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Caitlin Pinhe, uh, she, she was the head coach of the, the so- girls' soccer team in the fall, now coaching the boys' soccer team. Uh, as far as I know, the only woman coaching a boys' team, so that's really cool um, that uh, she's able to do that. She's got them all bought in. Uh, definitely a, uh, an interesting team to follow. But um, yeah. so uh, – Blaine, unless you got anything else, uh, I believe that is going to close it out for our first full edition of the uh, spring sports season with the Main Street North podcast. Uh, We want to thank you guys for joining us as always, um, and we will talk to you next week. This has been the MSP North Podcast with your hosts, Brady Bakatemni and Blaine Keller, covering high school sports in Montgomery and Robertson counties. Follow them on Twitter, Brady at Brady underscore MSP and Blaine at sports underscore BK and always online at MainStreetPreps.com. The MSP North Podcast is a Main Street Media production.